Today on the ZabeCast, the NFL Draft has become an absolute monster event. And tonight, it might be the most exciting one ever. Paul Charchian will nerd out with me on video games, esports, and he'll actually try to explain what the hell Fortnite is. All that, plus what if Kim Jong-un has been told by his mommy and daddy to knock it off? If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Thursday, April 26, 2018, draft day in the NFL. Who's excited? I'm excited. How excited? Well, as Bob Costas once said in the movie Basketball, feel these nipples. You're excited? Feel these nipples! It's going to be fun tonight. Great night for three TVs because there is the draft, there is the Capitals-Penguins game one, there is NBA basketball, and of course there's baseball as well. And, uh, you know, if you want to watch some Thursday golf, Zurich Classic two-man event, uh, have at it. It's a great time to be a sports fan. So the NFL, I've said this now for a number of years. It's maybe my best saying I've ever come up with. The NFL is a TV show about quarterbacks. That's essentially what it is. You can say, but there's stadiums, Zabe, and there's the fan experience, and there is concessions. It's a TV show. The NFL exists to get the best ratings on television in real time of any other product out there. Nothing anymore can get... Americans to their boob tubes to sit down in one place, a virtual place, all of us in front of the TV, to watch a single thing in the kind of numbers that professional tackle football can still do. You look at in the last five years, maybe last 10 years, the the top 50 watched programs every year on television are all football games, except for maybe one or two. And that's because of the digital age we live in and time shifting and DVRs and now Netflix and everything else down the line. So the NFL more than ever is a TV. And of course, high definition and super slow motion and all these cameras and pylon cam. I mean, it immerses you into the game in a way that is beyond spectacular. The NFL is a TV show. And what's a TV show about? Well, it's about tackling and uh, building a team that's got rugged components that can uh, advance and win games and become dominant and win this. It's about quarterbacks. That's what the TV show is about. It's about the good ones. It's about the ones that are aspiring to be good ones. It's about the ones that are old school grizzled quarterbacks that maybe have another run in them. And it's about the other quarterbacks who suck. It's about the quarterbacks. And so this year, there are four, maybe five, potentially great quarterbacks available in the first round of the draft. And there are several teams, at least three, maybe more, woe-begotten franchises that desperately need quarterbacks. I'm looking at you, Browns. I'm looking at you, Jets. And yes, I'm looking at you, Bills. And every other team that's somewhere near the top, you're like one injury away from needing another quarterback really, really soon. I'm looking at you Giants, and I'm looking at you Colts. Everybody at some point is in desperate need of a quarterback. And if you get a special quarterback, the precious. If you get a Brady, a Rodgers, a Manning, a Big Ben, a Breeze, 
then you have a chance. You have a chance to be great, a chance to win, a chance to actually hoist the Lombardi. If you don't have a great quarterback, you are basically doomed. I say basically because people are going to go, what about the Eagles last year with Nick Foles? Hey, listen, first of all, Nick Foles did not play except for the last four weeks of the season. And if you go back in those last four weeks, he wasn't lighting teams' hair on fire. He was just keeping the store open so they could you know, get themselves, I don't want to say limp into the playoffs, but the Eagles needed to hold on to make sure they didn't completely collapse once Carson Wentz without, went out with an injury. And yes, Nick Foles played great in the playoffs. But also, let's not kid ourselves, to get to the Super Bowl, uh, Car- you know, Nick Foles had to eke one out against the Falcons. That was a very close game uh, that almost did not go their way at home. And then they had, then they were able to beat another journeyman quarterback who was not one of the special QBs in the league in Case Keenum. He had had a great year, but once the pressure of the playoffs came, you saw, I mean, Case Keenum really didn't beat the Saints. They, they lucked out on that miracle play to Stephon Diggs, but Case Keenum was not good enough to beat the Saints. And that Saints team was not good defensively. That Saints team, Kirk Cousins, who everyone agrees and is now a Viking, is not the greatest quarterback in the world. Kirk Cousins lit the Saints' hair on fire with a very limited cast of talent around him on the road this year before, you know, cowardly coaching and Jay Gruden fucked it up and they lost the game with a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter. So Case Keenan was not good enough to beat the Saints at home. And then he was woefully not good enough to beat an Eagle team at home that had Nick Foles at quarterback. And the Eagles played great that day, and the Eagles and Foles played great that day, but still. So don't say, well, you know, look at the Vikings. They got to the championship game with an average quarterback. It's the exception that proves the rule. Over time, you're not going anywhere if you don't have a good to great quarterback. So the excitement of tonight's draft is that there are a lot of teams clustered around the top of the draft that desperately need a quarterback who have been woefully bad for a long period of time without any really exciting quarterbacks to speak of, Browns, Bills, Jets. And you've got potentially five guys who could be the one, who could be special, who could be, oh, this is the guy. But here's the thing. We don't know. We don't know which one's going to be any good. Have no idea. They've poked, they prodded, they measured, they interviewed, they've analyzed. Every one of these five guys has something that you go, he's great at this, but he sucks at that. Great at this, but he sucks at that. And on down the line. So we'll see which way it breaks tonight, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's why there's so much excitement, because the league is a TV show about quarterbacks, and now here's the first TV episode uh, introducing these new potential stars. Like, these are new characters coming into the TV show that is the NFL, these five quarterbacks. And, yeah, they'll draft a bunch of other necessary players, linebackers, linemen, wide receivers, etc. But the real show is, of course, the QB. And, of course, we've got a late-breaking wild card as I tape this on Thursday morning. Tweets by Josh Allen of Wyoming uncovered from when he was 14 years old, something like that. Kind of the same timeline as uh, uh, Dante DiVincenzo and his unfortunate tweets that were dug out right after they won the uh, NCAA championship. 
tweets that uh, Josh Allen has said he apologizes for, that they were in bad taste. Uh, they were not meant to be racist. It included the N-word. The N-word with the A on the end and a few N-word uh, references on Twitter with the R at the end, which is no good, no good. Even if they were quotes from lyrics or quotes from movies or anything else, no good, no good, no good, no good. Now, the tweets have been deleted, and nobody had reported on this up until just now at the last second. Apparently, somebody had a screenshot of the tweets and was sitting on them and sitting on them and sitting on them And just today, I guess, Yahoo Sports went loose with the, huh, hey, look what we found here. I believe Josh Allen had, or excuse me, I believe that, uh, yeah, Josh Allen. Josh Allen had like 9,275 tweets. And people are saying, his agent should have gone over every single one of them. But a lot of them had been deleted. So did they have access to deleted tweets that maybe he didn't tell his agents about? Like, ah, yeah, and then I realized once I got into Wyoming, I went back in my timeline, and I was like, ah, shit. This I probably shouldn't have in there. It is amazing that Twitter is such a big part of civic life these days. It's so unhealthy. It's so wrong. It's It really is a dystopian nightmare. And I had prayed. I was confident Twitter was going to crash and burn and be out of our lives like MySpace was in a matter of a year and a half, when it first kind of got big. And not only, boy, was I wrong, but, I mean, it's gone the other way. It has become almost like the most important thing, sometimes it seems, in real life, which is just ridiculous. Wish there was a law that said you cannot, it's illegal to hold anything anyone ever says on Twitter against them. But I know that's not going to happen. Hey, man, it's just like speech. If you say something, whether it's in public, on a podcast, at a banquet, or on Twitter. It's like public speech can and will be used against you. Ah, yes, it's sort of, but it's different in certain ways. The theory is that either somebody was trying to blackmail Josh Allen to go, uh, hey, knock, knock, look what I've got on my screen caps. How much money would it be worth to you for me to just, you know, delete these? And maybe Josh Allen, if that was the case, maybe they said, nah, we're not paying any money. Because who knows who else has these screen caps. There are going to be 20 guys that go, oh, me too, by the way. Uh, Hello, knock, knock. I hear that you were paying money to delete screen caps of your insensitive racial tweets from seven years ago. Yeah, I have those too. So, yeah, I'm going to need some money as well. Could be 20 people that have been given that thing. So you can't pay them off. It's kind of like a Joy Reid situation where Joy Reid is now desperately trying to save her career by claiming that someone went back into her blog archives years ago and manipulated the software to post fraudulent content and commentary about you know, gay people that is now being seen as, ooh, that's bad. And she's trying furiously. She's got lawyers on it, IT experts that are claiming, I was hacked. I was retro-hacked, is what she said. Retro-hacked, essentially. Someone went back to my archives and hacked me and then just left it there because, I don't know. I don't know why they would do that. Other than just to maybe blackmail Joy Reid to go, eh, hello, knock, knock. Of course, blackmail is illegal, and I would assume that anyone who gets blackmailed would immediately report it to the authorities. Or tell the blackmailer, hey, this is your last warning. I have your information. 
don't do this because I will go to the authorities and say, hi, I've been blackmailed. Can you prove it? Not prove it? Don't know. But it's not going to be fun for you if agents come knocking on your door to say, we want to talk to you about something. The Darius Geis story apparently has come to an end and fizzled. The story being the story about did somebody ask him whether or not he was gay or whether or not he quote-unquote liked men. Darius Geis running back out of LSU might be a Redskin as soon as Friday. I hope not today. I don't want him as a first-rounder, but as a second-rounder, yeah. Darius Geis, right after the Combine two months ago, said on Sirius XM Radio that his experience going through the car wash of interviews was wild, saying, some people are trying to get in your head and test your reaction. I go into one room, a team will ask me, do I like men, just to see my reaction. I go into another room, they'll try to bring up one of my family members or something and tell me, hey, I heard your mom sells herself. How do you feel about that? Well, the NFL, of course, right away, because of the firestorm and the cluck clucking and the tut-tutting of the media and the hot takery on sports radio came out and said a question such as that is completely inappropriate and wholly contrary to league workplace policies. The NFL and its clubs are committed to providing equal employment opportunities to all employees. Blah, blah, blah. We get it. Then they launched an investigation. Sort of a, hey, who said that? Hey, who farted? Come on. Who was it? The investigation, you would have thought, would have been very quick if Geis had just sat down with a league investigator and said, Psst, it was the Falcons or another team. He could have snitched on them. But maybe he worried about being a snitch. I said that if this question happened, maybe it was not just a test by the team asking him, hey, man, do you like men? You ever seen Gladiator movies, Billy? That was a line from, I believe, uh, Airplane. Um, maybe it was a test by a team, not just to see necessarily how he reacts. Like, what? Like, men? Hell no. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with it, you know. Um, maybe it was a test to see, okay, we asked him a question that we're not supposed to ask that could get us as a team in trouble. Wonder if it's going to get out. Wonder if he's going to talk about it, A. Wonder if, B, he's going to snitch on the league. Because we like to keep our secrets in-house. We want players who will be like the Patriot way. What goes on in these doors stays inside these doors. And so maybe that was a test. Or it may never have happened. It may have been a fanciful exaggeration by Geis himself. The league could not find anyone who either confessed to it, which nobody I don't think really would, but they had a hard time finding anyone who would say, yeah, that was us that said that. Now, of course, the teams in question may have been lying themselves. That's quite possible. But one team told the league's investigators that Geis admitted to that team that he made up the statements that led to a lengthy NFL investigation. Because maybe on a follow-up visit by Geis to a football team, the team is like, hey man, so what about those? What about the questions of the combine? That was that was weird. What happened there? And what if guys said, yeah, man, I I just sort of made that up. I, I don't know what I was doing. Not a big deal. Let's let's focus on my running ability. It's also a lesson for guys and for other players. While you may be offended at something controversial that a team asks you. I would, if you're a player in the future, go quietly to the NFL and say, hey, uh, 
the Buccaneers, not cool. Here's what this guy asked me, and I wrote it down. His name is uh, Bert Happablap. He's the assistant control, quality control coach. That's bullshit, man, asking me if I like dudes. What, what business is that? Fuck that. I think you should go talk to those guys. Okay, boom, out. By going public, Geis put himself in the spotlight, and it took away from people just looking at him as a sweet, sweet running back. And so anything, if I'm advising, you know, draft prospects, aside from delete your damn Twitter accounts many, many years ago, I would say don't do anything, don't say anything that is going to draw the attention away from the core focus of how good is this guy at football? Fuck, this guy's good. This guy is going to make our team goddamn awesome. We want this guy. Anything that is not that, anything, not good. Get teams salivating about you as a football player. One last thing on the draft, and then we will nerd out with Paul Charchian. Boy, the time flies on this. Do you notice the time flies on this, Zabecast? I had said to myself, I, I go long on Charch. I'm only going to give this five minutes at the front, five minutes at the end, and then let people listen to Charch. It's already 17 minutes. I apologize. This was great. A minute 53, 35 years ago today, Darren Ravel uncovers uncovers this classic clip from the early coverage of the draft. A very young Bob Lee with jet brown hair, jet brown, brown hair, solid brown hair at one anchor desk covering the draft. Uh, talking about you know who's going to take who where Washington a young Berman we round one with some other dude next to him Paul Horning it might be to his left Sheraton Ballroom is where they held the draft Pete Rizal first round selection the Dolphins select quarterback Dan Reno of Pittsburgh there it is a muted reaction. Of only about up, 20 people. The Super Bowl champion, Washington yeah, Redskins. Goddamn right, Super Bowl champion. That was Commissioner P. Roselle just uh, about a minute and a half ago as he made the selection announcement for the selection of Danny Marino. I don't so, understand it. Uh, I don't, number one, I don't know who is going to work with him down there. Uh, who- this, by the way, is Paul Zimmerman of Sports Illustrated, one of their lead football writers, and it's one of the all time worst takes. In sports history, and I feel bad for Dr. Z, even though he was noted notably a bit of an asshole. He's passed away since, but um, I feel bad because what he was saying wasn't necessarily wrong about getting coaching. As And as you see the graphic showing Marino's final year at Pitt, you can understand why some people are like, I don't know if he's that good. Who is, where is the great quarterback coaching genius in the offense? I know Arne Sparger is a great defensive coach. I don't see where he's going to get this great coaching that's going to overcome the problems he's had. I mean, strictly that long-range projection down the line, and I think they need help in other directions. Maybe they felt that what they wanted wasn't there and they couldn't get that help, but I really don't understand. You wouldn't label him as a classic Don Shula kind of quarterback, either. No, no that, that's true. Howard Balzer, but again, a young Howard Balzer, sporting Woodley news. Quarterback. He's been around forever. And they must figure talking. that they can certainly, if they can get it out of David Woodley, you got to figure they think they can get it out of uh, out of Dan Marino. Well, I don't know what is a classic Shula quarterback. There's only been, he's only What's had one really a great quarterback. quarterback? Sure. Now Miami picking right after the Raiders, the next to last pick in the first round went for Dan Marino. Marino's stock had dropped precipitously with Pittsburgh's season this past year and a very poor senior year. 
what his mental his poor senior year here's the numbers on Dan Marino 58.4% completion so like Josh Allen under 60% although different day and age where percentages back then were not as high as they are now and his touchdowns to INTs at Pitt his senior year Dan Marino 17 touchdowns over 23 interceptions I love how they say well you know long range projection on Marino as a Dolphin they kind of implied it would be a bit of a project since he was a late first. His rookie year, 1983, Dan Marino went 7-2 and two in nine games starting and threw 20 touchdowns in, limited, in a limited season. The very next year, his second year, they went to the Super Bowl. He threw 48 fucking touchdowns. 48 touchdowns back in 1984 when that was peeling the paint off the walls in terms of production, 5,000 yards and 48 touchdowns in an era in which nobody did that. 64% completions, Dan Marino, second year. I don't know where he's going to get the coaching down there. I really, really don't like the pick. That, my friends, is the crapshoot that is the NFL draft. All right, Paul Charchian, our buddy, fanball.com, does a video game show as well. I talked to him this week. I said, Charge, i got to get you on the Zabecast. You have to explain Fortnite to me. And you people have said I like it when these episodes are bingeable, in which you've got something that's a unique topic that can be consumed days, weeks after the fact, uh, after the date that you air the podcast. Well, here it is. Charge on video games, esports, and that time the Vikings missed their own pick in the draft. Charge is with us today on the Zabecast. It's called The Rolling Open, and I love it very much because it just it gets us in a more informal mood. Charge, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm good. All right, let me start with this tonight. All right. What the fuck is Fortnite? What is it? <laughs> what is it? Like, I've had to try to... See, I'm like the liaison between the super old, super lamos in my family. Mm, yeah. Wife, father, mother... And the young kids, my nephews and nieces who play it. Mm-hmm. And I know just enough to be a little bit dangerous. I said, it's sort of like a first-person shooter, but it's got a lot more going for it. What is it? I, I, tonight, I, by the way, I logged on to YouTube, and I dialed up Fortnite, and I watched oh, a little bit of it. Yes. And I said, oh, holy shit. I couldn't even begin to think about playing this. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, I'm of the generation that knew how to play Call of Duty. No, you'd be okay. Grab a you gun. Were, no, grab really a gun. Were. Grab a gun. Shoot all yep. the fucking Germans you can and don't get shot. Like, I got that part. I'm watching Fortnite. There's all these weapons. There's a guy. He, he gets a bush. There's a character running around with a bush around him. <laughs> I'm like, what does the bush do? You could shoot that guy. There would be no reason you can't shoot a bush. Right, and my nephew, was, my nephew was bragging about, some guy scored a 25 on Fortnite. It was epic. And I was like, is that good? And he was like, yeah, it's really <laughs> it hard to do that. you kill 25 guys. There's only 100. That's so, right. Okay, all right. So go ahead. I'm all, all right. ears. What is Fortnite? It's actually pretty fascinating. Um, you have to dial back the clock about 18 months to go to a, a, a professional YouTuber, gamer, by the name of Player Unknown, and he developed. He decides to develop his own game, and it's a first-person shooter. It's called and PUBG, total, right? That's right, PUBG. Yeah. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and so it's called Battlegrounds. And he decides he's got a totally unique spin that nobody's done before. Exactly 100 players get dropped onto an island, and it's and 
the gate and, and over time the island shrinks you know effectively the edges of the island shrink to force everybody to the middle of the island and so now when it, you say over time how long is a battle someone yeah, like tries a, yeah, someone is long. 100 players yep and the goal is to be the last one standing that's right it's not it is it is a last man standing Although they they do have they've now there are iterations now that you have team play and stuff like that too. But at, at its core, okay. it's a hundred people in battle royale, last man standing, and the best thing is this shrinking map forces conflict on everybody. So you can't just you can't go hide out in out. the corners, okay? Right, exactly, exactly. So you know you have to be active and you got to be moving around. It solved a lot of problems that, and it became an instant hit. Fortnite gets launched about a year ago. Nobody cares. The thing tanks. All right, hold and, on. These games are delivered via the Steam portal, which is an online delivery portal. These are not games that you go buy on the shelf at Best Buy. These are not cartridges, right? Neither PUBG nor Fortnite? Uh, right. These are downloadable games. and Downloadable were, games for the yep. PC platform or Macintosh Well, Fortnite, too? no, but for, yeah, but for uh, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, yes. That one was PC only and is now PC and Xbox. It is not on PS4. All and right. What about, so, and what about Fortnite? Fortnite is put together by a a terrific developer, but it came out and it it just it just bombed. It didn't do anything, and then they decided, hey, you know this whole battle royale concept is pretty cool. Why don't we apply it to our Fortnite game, which was a shooter that had building and crafting elements in it, a little bit like Minecraft, a simplified version of Minecraft, so that uh... if you took a, your basic shooter and then said, guess what, you go build a house. And you, know, you just start crafting up houses and you know, objects to hide behind in the middle of the shooter. And it exploded. This only happened in, like, December. And so they basically ripped off the idea, and it hit like wildfire. In no small part because it was available on PS4, and there wasn't any PS4 support for uh, PUBG. PUBG. So Fortnite went bonkers. Now they're both out on mobile, and they're doing great business on mobile. Both of them are. Meaning and iPads, iPhones, yep, iPads, iPhones Samsung, yes. Android, the whole schmear. Yeah, which is a terrible way to play a shooter, by the way, on your phone. It's awful. But Well, don't, you know. don't the best players have the most ramped up computers with the cooling tubes inside the super high processing video graphics cards and the keyboards and the mice that have 16 different buttons like aren't those the guys that dominate these games um well don't you need all that computing horsepower no you really don't you gain very you gain no real tangible uh advantage can i play can i play a game of Fortnite on my ipad against a bunch of dudes on their computers and be competitive no, they're they're not. You're on your own. You're in your own environment. Oh, I it's see. So, in other words, you're playing, playing other iPad, iPad and yes. other. Okay. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. Is there yep. is there a Fortnite league for old dicks like me that don't know anything <laughs> about anything? You know, like this is the kiddie pool where you can run around with your like me and Scott Lynn can play and go. Ah, oh, this is kind of fun. You know, because we'd get slaughtered playing oh, yeah. against kids. Slaughtered. Well, you know, here's the thing, though. These games are what part of the beauty of Fortnite is. It's super accessible. It really isn't a very complex shooter. And anybody can pick it up and play. There are twelve-year-olds playing it. Dave, you you know, you I are twelve-year-olds functionally olds. at least twelve. I, I mean, I, I think you can do it. You know, in in some ways, of course, but in in video game ways, I'm not like because I don't have. I guess I don't have the concentration or the patience to go. Okay, is a shotgun better than this rifle or a scope, or do I need a blowtorch or no, one I, of the things that I possess? Because I'm looking at a screenshot right now of it. 
And I'm like, God, it's kind of complicated, actually. It, you're, you're, you're making it more complex than it is. Just go have fun. Just, you know, just go. Why? Just, it costs zero. By the way, Fortnite costs nothing. Nothing. Wait zero. Wait a minute. How do they make money? So they make money uh, by allowing people to spend to upgrade things that don't change the balance of the game. So, like, you know, I, you know your, your outfit. Stuff like that. And by the way. So you spend real money you spend to real floss money. out how you look. Bling but out, not yes. to buy bling out, but not to buy like a rocket propelled grenade shooter. Correct. Got Get it. this: Fortnite's first week at, in the i in the uh, Apple Store. Yeah, fifteen million dollars. Jesus Christ! On that stuff, Jesus fifteen million Christ. in a week. So you know it's been out now a month. So you know, presumably they've you know they've probably made fifty million dollars now. You know who should have thought of Fortnite a long time ago? Would have been a really good idea. Uh, Kurt Schilling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if he had just thought of this game, his stupid fucking company wouldn't have gone under. Yeah, but I guess the bad. point is, okay, so you see this and you go, wow, Minecraft plus shooter, yeah. make it accessible, buy stuff to bling out your character. That's a huge hit. Huge. Why didn't I think of that? Well, the answer is a lot of people are trying to think of a lot of things, and they're rolling out a lot of games. And a lot of them don't do shit, right? I think I think right? the story I think the story here, Zabe, is don't be afraid to be second to market with an idea. Fortnite bombed until they ripped off this whole format, and now it's and it's it is such a huge success that if you were to walk the if you were to walk the halls of any middle school and just listen to any any two boys that are talking Fortnite Fortnite Fortnite, 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 that, Fortnite that's it Fortnite, that's all they're Fortnite. talking about my daughter comes home she's like oh god the boys all they talk about <laughs> is Fortnite and nothing else and she likes video games and she can't take it right. so yeah okay, that's, well, i think second to market is not a bad thing in this world i think i think a lot of companies and a lot of innovators really kill as the second one in cuz they see the germination of someone else's idea and they realize where that originator has not quite hit the mark. Right. And they go, ah, I get it. Let me just twist it like this, and now I've got a hit. Which has to make the original creative originator pissed off as hell. Like, God damn it, this was my idea. <laughs> That's right. Right, <laughs> but I added Minecraft to it, and now I'm a millionaire. That's, that, okay. that happens all the time. Okay, but here's the thing, Charge. This, too, shall pass, as my mother once said. And so all of these games that become hot, they don't last forever. What's the shelf life of Fortnite? I think people will still be playing it. There, it here's why it's here's why it's longer than it used to be. When these things hit critical mass, now it turns into a competitive league, and people start playing it competitively. Uh, Overwatch has turned into that as another example of an incredibly successful now two-year-old shooter that people are still playing in mass droves, and there's all these startup leagues. So I think we're going to see league play come to Fortnite, and I really? think it's actually going to have a long it'll have a long shelf life. Okay, long meaning a year, couple of years, yeah, couple of years, and that's yeah. long in the video game world. What was the is. biggest video game prior to Fortnite? What Ever? used to like be history? I mean, Minecraft. No, just, I mean, Minecraft. Minecraft. See, Minecraft okay, yeah, Minecraft. I went into a, a little tchotchke store the other day and I saw Minecraft plushies. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Minecraft. I remember when that used to be huge, and my daughter was playing that all the fucking time. All the time. Now and Minecraft is like, is it still big? Yeah, it's still doing well. It's not like it was okay. before, but. Ask for an action pack game. All right, I'm oh now watching God, a little bit of like Fortnite. Right now, we got to grab that shield potion. He's right out there. <laughs> 
right out there. Now, when it comes to watching video games, many of our, well, I'm speaking now to our older listeners here on the Zabecast, uh, you know, there's a, there's a whole industry of watching video games online. Oh, yeah. Called Twi- oh, Twitch. Oh, my God, I don't even know if you saw me there. We've got to wall in, we've got to drink this shield potion, and we've got to get upstairs right now. And there's YouTube stars that become stars based on how they comment while playing games because they're funny or they have a silly accent or they're just knowledge like that, right? Am I wrong about that? No, you got the right. Basically, the ones that are really good at it are effectively mystery science theatering themselves while they play. They're entertaining. Right. They're doing snarky commentary throughout, and it's it's brilliant. And they're, they're they are talented people. They deserve the following they have. And I think there's an older generation. It's like who would ever want to watch somebody play video games when you can play them yourself? In my day, we 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 had one joystick, and it went one direction with one button, and that was it. You went up or down. <laughs> and we liked and, it. And we liked it. That's right. We had Pong, and it was good. And So what is the network? Is it my right that Twitch, Twitch. Oh, is yeah. it, huge, huge? Uh, is that network. a website, or is that a service? It, what think is of that? it as YouTube, but what it really does is allow you to record and live stream your play. There's a you could do it from your PS4. There's a button on your PS4 that will charge, let you charge, at the drop charge, of a button charge, live stream. Charge. Yes. Yes. The PS4 has cobwebs on it. Okay? Oh, except for I know it's a tragedy except for when my nephews yeah. come to visit and then they get it out and do I play it? No, I watch them play Call of Duty <laughs> because it's easier for me to do that. So so anyway, can, if I went to twitch.com right now, is that the portal for Twitch to watch? Uh Twitch, I actually I think it is not it's twitch.tv. twitch.tv. Okay. twitch.tv. And in the search bar, you can say, you know, almost anything video game related you're interested in and somebody's playing it and somebody's live streaming it. And Oh my fucking god, yeah. I'm watching a football game that is not Madden, it doesn't look like, because it's called Simulation NFL, and it doesn't look like the actual logos. There's some team that has a lion head, but it's definitely not the Detroit Lions. Right. Like, it's the Storm versus the Pride. Okay. That might be... 10th SFL Championship uh, Simulation Football League, presented by APM Music, the first controllerless competitive eSport in the world. What? And it's a it's a wow. pretty it's a pretty it looks like the graphics looks almost as good as Madden, not quite. Mm-hmm. Now this is Storm versus Pride, is that right? Yeah, the the Storm versus the Pride. Yeah, I'm watching. I just found it. I found the same thing you're watching right now, and I'm watching it. I'm okay. watching it as you're watching All it right, right now. What in the fuck is that? I've never seen this, and really? you know, I follow video games wow, pretty closely, and I follow this, football very closely. This... I've never heard of whatever whatever they're running this on. I don't know what this is. Doesn't it look like a, a sort of a crude version of Madden that they, yeah, the software developers bought the core engine of the Madden Dynamics and then just put cruder you know, skins on the players and whatnot? There have been, uh, over the past several years, uh, the, oh, it's got 2K up in the corner. I wonder if this isn't the old 2K football uh, for uh, PC that somebody is, has you know, repurposed, right? Repurposed He's it, right? Into. Yeah. yeah, I bet that's I bet that's what's <laughs> happening. But this is part of the beauty of Twitch, right? Is there's you know, there are P- a, there are people that are really really good at this, and then you can find all, all kinds of novelty stuff. And and you and a lot of it's stored, so you can you know you can watch okay. something from you know from simulations, a long time ago. emulations. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, look out here, Charge. This is dangerous. I found the search bar. You ready? Yeah. Dig Dug. 
return. <laughs> Can I find somebody on here playing the classic arcade game Dig Dug? Apparently, the answer is no. I can't. Uh, I see some. I see some Dig Dug in here. I'm watching. I am watching some Dig Dug. Get this. Here's, here's one for mature, you. I got a warning. It's Dig Dug's for mature audiences only. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Paperboy and Rampage is another Twitch subreddit or something else on here. Yes. Another classic game from back in the day. Is it true that the recent Rampage movie was based on the video game? Yes, and, and by all accounts, it's beyond awful. <laughs> yeah. So, which I we yet, could have expected, right? But Dwayne Johnson took the check. Oh, of course. Like, but absolutely. Need, Why not? Dwayne, isn't the he Rock need the money? Isn't the Rock though big enough now where he can be a little selective and he go? I'm not fucking taking this movie. This thing sucks. You would think so, but I, you know everybody's got their price, right? Apparently, guess, you know yeah. he does too. But you're right. You'd think he would. Now, if he's starting to think of his political future, he might not want to be attached to these bombs. He's talking about running for office. You think being attached to a bomb movie could hurt his political fortunes? No, probably not. <laughs> probably not probably exactly. Not. <laughs> so let's see. So the featured games on Twitch: Fortnite, League of Legends, uh, yep. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That's PUBG, right? Yep. God of War, IRL, Hearthstone, Dota 2, Overwatch, another Overwatch, Counter-Strike, World of Warcraft, etc. Frostpunk. Do you see that one listed there? I do. Frostpunk's fascinating. It only came out today. The premise of Frostpunk is you uh, you and about 10 other people, the, like the last survivors on Earth, and you're on a glacier, and you have one generator left in the 1800s, and you have to try to, starting from that meager group you have to try to survive and expand and build that into a village and then a town and then you know an enclave and then you know and try to expand it but meanwhile wow. all these horrible things happen like half of your people have frostbite are you going to saw off their arms oh, or geez. you know or are you going to try to put them in the inf- saw off their arms so they can go back to work mining oh. coal to keep everybody warm <laughs> or are you going to put them in the infirmary which needs more power and now you, oh you now God. you have so, a bigger strain on your resources so it's like a totally dystopian sim city yeah, that's exactly what it is. See, I, could, extraordinarily I, could, I could write one. the cover uh, the cover summaries, the jacket summaries for some of these games. I got a good feel for what they are. So, all right, so <laughs> speaking of legendary moments, I recently found out something very troubling, that this awesome moment in video well, game history... Be excited. Hold we on a second. To be the MVP of this Hold on, let me mute that game. tab. There you go, mute tab. I found out that this moment, which you'll instantly recognize may not have been on the up and up. It only has 5 million views on YouTube. What do you think, Abdul? Can you give me a number crunch real quick? Uh, yeah, give me a sec. I'm coming up with 32.33... Uh, you know what this is, course, right? Percentage of course you of know survival. what this is. Well, it's a lot better than we usually do. Uh, All right, thumbs up. Ready, guys? Let's or... do this. Leroy! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Oh, my God, he just ran in. Stay there, uh, Stick to the plane. Oh, Jesus. Let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. Stick to the pledge. Stick to the plane. It oh, made geez. me so happy when I told Scott Lynn about the legend of Leroy Jenkins because he hadn't heard about it. Same ah. thing for Sally, and then they got up to speed about it. For those that don't know, World of Warcraft 2004, online multiplayer game, you know, Dungeons, Dragons, that kind of shit. And a group of nerds are collaborating on how to go into a room and to kick some bad guy's ass, but it was going to take everyone on the same page. And one of the guys in the group just decides, that's it, I'm going in before everyone's ready, and he screams out Leroy Jenkins. 
and they get their asses kicked and wiped out. <laughs> and afterwards, they're like, yeah, thanks. That was great, you asshole. Why'd you do that? That's a uh, funny it's, – it's one of the iconic moments in online video game player history. But I read somewhere or heard somewhere that, no, there's another clip out there that has these guys planning this so-called really? mistake. I've never heard that that was the case. You didn't? I'm breaking no. news to you again. That, I, always, I, I thought it was organic, and that was part of what made it so funny. Right. That one you guy know? would just scream out, Leroy, well, yeah. Jake! <laughs> yeah, I, I'm stunned by this, really. Okay. Uh, maybe, okay. it's, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Do people still play World of Warcraft? No, it's almost dead. And it's been one of the, you know, the company that makes it is a company called Blizzard, and they've had all these successes. The fact that they have not, they're still running the original World of Warcraft game which is now you know 15 years old and they haven't come out with like world of warcraft 2 this is one of the big failings in in video game history because wow. that that game they they were making so much money Zabe. they were making they were making 50 million dollars a month on that what? game 50, 50 million, million a month a month and you know, they did you know it for who could have used that game kurt schilling <laughs> Uh, I'm going go to keep going back. Oh, he to tried. That. No, he no. That's what he tried to make oh, because he was okay. so in love with World of Warcraft. He was like, he, I'm going to make my own. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make my own World of Warcraft. Which, dude, by he, the way, really, thought, really hard, especially if you're a pitcher. <laughs> exactly. He's like, how hard can it be? And then the results were legendarily bad. So, what is the game that is played by all the high dollar professional team gamers that I see on the esports championships? What game is that? Overwatch? Uh, League of Legend and League Overwatch. Or, or if it's a shooter, it's probably Overwatch. Okay. And otherwise, it might be League of Legends, which is a sort of tactical, top-down, you know, elfy, dragony kind of thing with uh, you know a bunch of different players all trying to work in synchronicity. Who determines which game will be the game of choice for these big tournaments that you see on ESPN Nine? Well, a couple of things. One is you got to have uh, the game's got to be extraordinarily popular. You got to hit critical mass with your game. Okay. So if your game stinks, it's out. And then secondarily, you want the publisher to start ramping up pricing so that people will, you know, professionals will gravitate to it. So in the case of Overwatch, they figured out really quickly they got a great game and a huge following. So Blizzard starts putting out big events with big money, real, you know, real professional grade money. So that when you go win an event, you made $50,000 and your year's covered. And that, you know, that gravitates to all these pros. Then beyond that, you can start setting up real leagues and, you know, you can have NBA teams start buying into Overwatch leagues. So, yeah, that's the, uh, you know, that's sort of the model is um, you can eventually get league play that really emulates, you know, our our traditional sports league. So the kids who are really good as part of a team on these video games, what makes them so good? And I'm going to take the answer hours and hours of practice out of the mix because all these kids are practicing and playing this shit forever. What are the skills that make them really good? Finger dexterity, thinking, a combination of the two. What is it? Yeah, it, it, I think it's extremely fast uh, processing power, brain power, so that when you, things are changing in real time, you're adapting faster than than others are, and that it's ability to work in a team, so that you can, you know, you and your teammates all are on the same page, and you are doing everything synchronized perfectly. Interesting. Because you have you have very little room for error in a lot of these games. Okay. By the way, I just found this. You know that Family Guy spoofed the Leroy Jenkins moment. No, I didn't know that. That's, now, that is getting super meta and super geeky, which I love. Here, here's the audio. Like this, Carl. 
All right, everybody, freeze. This is the U.S. Coast Guard. And when you're here, you're family. It was a recurring bit about, uh, what should we call it? Um, what's the pasta joint? Oh, Olive Garden. Where they're <laughs> stuffing themselves <laughs> at Olive Garden. <laughs> anyway, U.S. Coast Guard. You kids are... <laughs> do, we're way outgunned. Are any of you familiar with what's referred to as a Leroy Jenkins? Well, I don't know what that is, but let's make a very long, elaborate plan. All right, so I'll run in first and use an intimidating shout. When my shout's done, I'll need Joe to come in and use his shout, too. What do you think, Joe? Can you give me a number crunch real quick? Yeah, give me a sec. I'm coming up with uh, 32.33. Repeating, of course. Okay, that's a lot better than we usually do. So let's... Leroy! <laughs> oh my god, he just ran in. Let's go! Stick to the plan! Let's go! Let's go! Oh man! Oh, we're dying! Damn it, Cleveland! Look at the dragons! These guys uh. have magic, guys! I can't move! Oh god! You know, Cleveland, you're an idiot! This episode has a lot of internet things. <laughs> it's really good. It and if you really watch good. it, Church, it's like they turn it into a video game version of Family Guy with dragons attacking them on the boat that they're on. <laughs> very classic. Uh, sport, uh, that was sport... a good show, by the way. And it was great that it got it got it was off the air for how long? Oh, Family Guy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well it I don't know if it was off the air. It got dropped originally. And then there was so much fan support, yeah. they Fox re-lit it up, which is hard to believe. Because that is hard to believe. Usually when things die, they die, and they don't come back. But it's great that it did. Let me uh, get back on task with video games. So sports owners now, including ours here in D.C., good old Teddy.com, Teddy Pixels, Ted's Takes, Ted's Take. Ted Leonsis is big on this eSports stuff. Yeah. And my question is, are we going to start watching – guys playing sports video games like nba 2k or whatever and will that become like mainstream and popular already happening esports will are selling out arenas around the country with and sports you, fans or video game nerds because i don't think there's as well, much more, crossover as yeah. some of these sports owners think i'm not saying they shouldn't be in the business of esports it, it's obviously a booming business i just think they're overstating it how much crossover like well but all the more reason to invest in it because there isn't a huge crossover so you're reaching a new audience right i I guess so but here's what i here's what i hear from some owners the kids who like watching video games and start to watch nba 2k will become fans of the wizards and will come to get right that's what i'm saying because sports are not video games, and video games are not sports, and we love them both, both of you, both of us here, and many people do, but they're different. Like, sports are hard, and they require physical exertion. Yes. Athletes. Right. I mean, these guys obviously are not athletes. They're skilled. They're not athletes. They, you know what they call them? Athletes. <laughs> Have you heard that? <laughs> no, I haven't. You haven't? This is the third bit of knowledge I've dropped on you, George. <laughs> Maybe I should be a That's guest so on your video dumb. game podcast. <laughs> yes, I've heard him called Ethleets. 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 Yes. Ridiculous. Yeah, and and granted, they have concentration, skill. They have good mental aspects and some physical finger dexterity, and yeah. they do work as a team. But yeah. that is where the similarities between sports and video well, games. Well, I'll give you one more. It's the competition. 
right? Part of what we love about sports is the competition aspect of it, right? Cow chip tossing is a competition as well. Doesn't make it a sport. Darts Uh, are a competition. Doesn't make it a sport. Well, I'm, I'm of, not, well, I'm not saying it is a sport, but I'm saying part of what makes watching traditional sports compelling is the competition. I hear you. That, this has got teamwork, competition, and an unknown outcome, and it's got a lot of the same things that drive it. I just think the fact that, that it's a different audience only makes it a more compelling angle for a lot of these owners because they're broadening their umbrella to a whole swath of people they don't otherwise normally touch yeah well and there's money in it so why wouldn't billionaire owners of sports teams get into another billionaire business well and by the way they've they've jacked up all the prices on getting into you have to buy franchises just like you're trying to you know that's what i hear you have to buy a franchise in and it's very expensive to buy these now and effectively in doing so They've turned that into into something that only the rich do that too, you know, to own a franchise. There's <laughs> a limited right. number. If you don't have ten million dollars to buy the franchise, you don't get a franchise. Unbelievable. So yeah, they've Amazing. they've managed to carve out that market and, and lock out uh, you uh, know, until another league top. until another league comes along, and they sell franchises to their league, and that league becomes more popular. Yes, they're, well, they're, that, like yeah. in, like in the digital world, there is a limitless number of e leagues. Let's call it that could have e-franchises that sell for X amount of dollars because there are no physical limitations. In the real world, the biggest impediment to any new league, whether it's a football league, basketball league, is building space and building access. Arena Arena and stadium access. Right. The the NFL owners are smart to own the fucking buildings, and they can tell anyone that wants to come in, yeah, good luck finding a place to play your football games because we have the only building in town. Yes, and that's that's an on you know that's you're right. This this really commoditizes, democratizes the 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 whole the whole industry because anybody could start it right now. Right. I, you and I could start up a league. Sure. Right now for you know pick a game. We but could go start our own league. We could start it. We could nurture it. We could make it as big as we can get it. But yeah. then we've got to protect it fiercely because it's not necessarily permanent, and others will try to come in. And eat away at our area, our, our core business. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Exactly. Um, real quick, uh, I heard there's a new NCAA video game, football game, coming out in 2020. No. Not happening because Not of the lawsuit. Happening. The Ed O'Bannon yep. lawsuit has killed the college game genre forever. For, probably forever because you really you'd have to pay the kids. And the NCAA, of course, won't let that happen, and you'd have lawsuits like crazy, and it's not, it's, it literally will never happen. What if you took the numbers off the jerseys? Well, here's the problem is if you made it, you know, you could do a version of an NCAA game where you could, you could get a deal done with, you know, schools, so you can use their logos and their team names, but where you get into trouble is if the player even looks like right. the real player, a even if I change tall... the number and change the name. Right. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah, like a big dude for Penn State who plays tight end who's really good at catching. That's Gasicki. Right. Like, right. God damn it, you, you're copying my name and likeness. I want my money for that. You got it. Okay, so um, how big of a slice of the industry was college-licensed basketball and football? They weren't doing that well anyway, to That's be honest. That's what I had heard. They were, they were just okay. I had heard and that they were not that super-duper popular. No, they weren't. And, you know, it, as you can imagine, it was regionalized and – you know, if you lived in the South, those did a little better. But Madden killed those games. Right. And the and, and the, the shelf life and the shelf life has to be very limited because if you don't play your NCAA game for a while, like, hey man, I'm taking CJ Spiller. 
and the <laughs> and Clemson to the to the Citrus Bowl. You want in? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey man, and- I got I got uh, <laughs> I got Charles White, and so it's like, yeah, great. <laughs> and then you know nobody wants to play with John Doe as my quarterback. People just don't want that. They want right. they you know they want to they they they're firing up Louisville. They want to play with Lamar Jackson, and you know you can't blame them. That's right. fun. And, and, you, you know, that... and there's no way you can make a Lamar Jackson quarterback that pretends to not be Lamar Jackson. Correct. Because he's sued by Lamar Jackson. Right. Because all of Lamar Jackson's qualities in the video games would be 95, 97, 92, right. speed 92, elusiveness, all that other <laughs> yeah, shit. Yes. Yes. Ah, good stuff. And somebody would make that case, unfortunately. All right. Real quick before we get out of here today, and we won't even talk music today. We'll talk music next time. All right. Let's do that. Uh, but. What what's who are the Vikings taking in the draft? Uh, they they got pick number thirty, so you know most people don't care, and it's going to be a lineman, which is even more reason not to care. But after you invested everything that the Vikings did in their quarterback, now it's time to protect him behind. You know this has been a, a it was the worst offensive line in football two years ago. They're probably the twentieth best offensive line last year, okay. and the Vikings are a team without a lot of weaknesses elsewhere, so they will they will hammer offensive line in this draft. All right, and uh, we saw where uh, uh, old Kirk revived his T-shirt biz in purple with a you like that purple T-shirt, and I said, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 <laughs> that shit happened here. You got to leave that shit here, but apparently he's bringing it there, and I guess he's got now like a new video series coming out called Wake Up Call. Really? Yeah, something like that. We're Here in D.C., we're like, God, man, he's out griffoning Robert Griffin when it comes to the side shit. And I'm a big Kirk fan. I think he's going to be great for you guys. But I hope for his sake he is great because all this other off-the-field shit and the building the brand, it's fine and all until you start sucking at $25 million a season. Yeah, and people are looking for why you're not as good, and they look at right. all the things you're not, fo- you're not yeah, focusing well, on football. Too much, yeah, too much worrying about this. But anyway, mm-hmm. so there's that. Can you refresh our listeners? Because I talked about it yesterday with our friend Timmy T. Time Murray. I said, remember the time the Vikings whiffed on their first-round pick and had the clock run out? I think that was the Mike Tice year, 2003. It was Mike Tice. That's right. What happened they, there? Um, well, what happened was they – What uh, really happened? They, they were late. Well, here's what happened. So they they think they've got a deal cut with Jacksonville to swap picks with Jacksonville. And they do have a deal cut with Jacksonville. So they call in their side of the trade with about a minute left for their pick. Jacksonville doesn't call on time to call it in. So the Vikings think the deal's done, but it's not done. Next thing you know, they're on the clock. Time's run out. Baltimore's running up to the podium and the Vikings are like, what the hell? You know, and they really, they were victimized by this. They didn't really do anything wrong in that whole deal. Jacksonville was just slow to call it in. Now they claim they got their guy, but you know who Baltimore was running up to go get who Suggs. Oh shit. T sizzle. Yep. And you guys got who actually, we got a good player. We got, uh, we got Kevin Williams who played for the team. That's for 10 right. Years. That's right. And, so you got the, him in the third 13th overall. It was like 11 to 13, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it was Jacksonville's fault. Yes. Except it was kind of your fault because you trusted Jacksonville to handle their shit. What it yes. should have been is, hey, Jacksonville, we're not doing this trade. We're going to pull the trigger on whoever we're going to pull the trigger on until you get your pick in. And then we'll, like, you need to control that on your end to be the last one to do that. Yeah, I think, I think now they have iPhones with that merge call feature on it. 
so that you can call that in together. I think that's the yeah. I think that's the new technology that's uh, that's helped that. When Mike Tice came rolling into the Vikings draft party, uh, right after that pick, he was booed by everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, we still got our guy. Really, we wanted Kevin Williams all along. We got right, him. Right, right. Speaking right, of the right. draft party, I got to do the Vikings draft party on Thursday night. They are pick thirty. That thing's going to be know, like 11 o'clock, and now watch. They're going to trade down three picks, and they won't even make a selection. You know, boo-hoo, first world problems. You have a good football team that went to the NFC Championship game. Ain't nobody here going to cry any tears for you guys. Enjoy the draft. I think the draft tonight is going to be unbelievable. This podcast will run Thursday. This is going to be one of the most rock and roll first rounds mm-hmm. ever because of the unpredictability of Cleveland. You never know what dumb shit they're going to do. <laughs> the the absolute bounty of quarterbacks that teams are you know thirsty for, yeah, and all the possible trading that's going to happen in the first uh, ten picks. It's going to be nuts. I can't wait. Who's your team taking? Uh, hopefully, a big ugly defensive lineman, either Deron Payne or Vita Vea. But if Mika Fitzpatrick slips. Ooh. I say take Mika Fitzpatrick. I don't know as much no about chance. Derwin James. No chance. Well, a couple of mocks have him down at 13. No Last no year, way. no one thought Jonathan Allen would slip to us at 17, and we That's got true. him. That's so true. So shit does happen, but it probably won't happen. And my fear is that they'll take they'll reach to take Darius Geis running back in the first round at 13, he which won't. most most people say he's not a first-round pick. Yeah, I was just going to say, that I believe he will not go in the first round. Okay. But your team, your squad could use a running back. But I wouldn't take him. Nick Chubb's better. Sony Michelle is going to be better. Sony. I'd love Sony. to take a running back named after my favorite electronics company of all time. Sony Michelle. And it's Sony, not Michelle. I'm not a fan of Michelle Electronics. I don't even know what that is. Does anyone, that is does anyone? Do you know anyone that does you, fantasy leagues that somehow combine their fantasy league with the actual draft? Like, do you know any fantasy leagues that do something tonight? As part of the draft, like we're going to draft tonight for the rookie. Not a fantasy league, but I know a lot of people that have gamified the draft so that you get uh, like ten points. points if you get, you know, if you get pick, if you get Washington's pick at thirteen correct, you get ten points. Well, that's if that player fun. goes at thirteen or he goes to Washington, and if Washington moves and you still get him, you get the ten points. If he's one away from that pick, then you get nine, and if he's two away, you get eight, and so on and so nice. forth. So you get more points the closer you get to the to the right the right picks for the right team in the right okay. spot, and that's fun. All right, like well, why don't you why don't you play that to keep yourself awake until the Vikings pick at thirty tonight at the yeah, draft? Yeah, that'll be great radio. I'll do that, Zabe. All right, uh, Paul Charchian hosts a daily show up in Minneapolis with the great Paul Allen. What time is it? That'd be nine to noon. Nine to noon East Coast time. Uh, no, it'd be ten to uh, ten to one East Coast. Ten to one East Coast time, nine to noon local time on the mighty KFAN. Get it online at kfan.com. Yeah, kfan.com. Also, Video Games Weekly, the podcast, available on iTunes. Video Games Weekly or kfan.com. You can get, you can hear it every week that and, way too. And of course, yeah. fantasy football is a year-long thing, so people ought to always read your stuff and listen to your stuff at fanball.com. Very good. By the way, I'm not trying to extend this even longer. But That's I'm, fine. I'm I can, we, can go as long as, we can go as long as we want. It's a podcast. Th- it's a podcast. 30 seconds on this new style of play that I'm super excited about. In fantasy. It's called, yes, in fantasy football. It's Is called it the called Ki- not playing? <laughs> That's your style of play. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I'll play this year. And you always, you always threaten to quit, then you don't play. Or well, you do play. I'm not, and then like, you play I'm, badly. I know. I'm like broke back fantasy. I can't quit you. Sorry. 17 teams. You all draft players. What, what, the, 
the end of week one, whichever team scored the fewest points in the end of week one, they get cut and their roster gets released as free agents right then and there. So that week, everybody can bid on that team's that team's players. Week two, the low-scoring team, cut, and his players get Holy released. Holy shit. So this yes. is... This is Survivor. Yes. This is uh, Elimination Fantasy. Yes. <laughs> and the players get all hit free agency. So last year, if you may recall, Le'Veon Bell held out all preseason, didn't play. He had, the, he had Cleveland in week one, and he was awful. He had like 30 total yards, didn't score, did nothing. That team loses. Here comes Le'Veon Bell on the waiver wire, baby. Week one. Wow. How much of your how much of your your hundred you know <laughs> fictional dollars are you gonna bid to go get Le'Veon Bell in week number one? Wow. That's the fun of the Guillotine League. I was the Guillotine League. I was about to hit this soundbite when you told me this style. Every relationship has ups and downs. Yo, at one, two. I love my town. And I know get out of my face there. with that crazy that, stuff. That, that's that's I'm like, get out of my face with that crazy league. And now I'm sort of like, hey, wait a minute. Awesome. Yeah. That could be awesome right there. It reminds me of a time in which somebody said, hey, cocaine is fun. Really gets you high. What if I were to put it in a small spoon and then melt it with a lighter and then inject it straight in? That's what it sounds like. You're taking fantasy football, which is already good enough. Mainlining you're, fantasy you're, football. You are, you are now crackifying fantasy football with this new style of play. All right, Charge, always good to talk to you, Thank buddy. you, my friend. All right, we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. We'll end with this. Why is North Korea possibly coming to the table? on denuclearizing the Korean Peninsula. Yeah, you can credit Trump and his bluster, I suppose. But a larger theory that's emerging now is that they basically blew up their underground test facility in this mountain in North Korea. They pretty much trashed their own room. According to Chinese scientists, they believe that there has been a massive cavity collapse that has rendered much of their testing area for nukes unusable. Even worse, they say that any further testing in whatever is left of the mountain that can be still used to test nukes inside runs the risk of an environmental catastrophe. And you know who's really pissed at them about this? The Chinese. China is North Korea's daddy. And without China's approval, North Korea and Kim Jong-un doesn't do shit. So basically, there's a they looked at satellite images that suggested part of the 7,200-foot granite peak called Mount Mantap had diminished in height. <laughs> hey, wait, did that mountain sink? What's going on there? The satellite images hinted that maybe there was a collapse. And they say that the collapse not only destabilized the site where they were testing nukes, but also increased the risk of an eruption from the nearby Changbai Mountain, a large active volcano at the China-Korean border. So basically, the theory would be, and it's unproven, but it's a theory right now, is that China finally said, hey, knock it off. Sort of like a mom and a dad who don't mind their kid blowing off firecrackers in his room as long as it's not waking them up at night or not doing any serious damage to the house. But now the kid has gone too far. He's like blown a hole in the door. And the parents are like, what the fuck? Knock this shit off, all right? I'm sick of this. If it's all true, then maybe Kim Jong-un had no choice 
but to come to the table. We shall see. That'll be a wrap for today. You know the drill. Tell two friends and tell three random people while you're at it. Leave a positive review. I appreciate those. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets. And as Confucius once said, it does not matter how slowly you go as long as you do not stop. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.